0: What's going on, everybody? You're listening to I Think I Know Basketball on the Big Heads Media Network. I'm your boy, Keith. I'm your boy,
1: Kyrie. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your
0: podcasts. And make sure you engage with us on Twitter, Facebook, IG to continue the conversation and let us know what you think because we think we know basketball.
1: Let's talk about some playoff basketball, man
0: because That's this awesome. shit is awesome. Oh my god. We can start with any series, but let's start with the Bucks versus the Nets. I feel like the last time we spoke, you know, we was talking about Giannis not having no What did what are the Bucks going to do? You know what I'm saying? Like this is crazy. And then you have Kyrie get injured. Yeah, he's out. KD amazing game 6. It's like the you know, the Everyone thinks the Nets are not gonna win without without anybody, and then KD pulls it off. Then they go to a game seven, and here we
1: are. Like, look, here's what I'm gonna say. I I did not like before the series started. No, I did not predict this. I, I feel like I I clearly had the Nets coming out of the East. Um, I don't think I had the Bucks winning. I, I had to look back, but I I, I do remember saying this on the show that I could see an outside chance of the Bucks being the ones to make it because they weren't the front runners this time. Okay. That they yeah. that they weren't, you know, the ones who, who were, they, they were the number one seed and they were supposed to like run their way through, you know, through all the way to the finals and Giannis, you know, didn't get it done. You know what I mean? And and, and those Bucks teams like continue to fail of their promise. And I thought, you know what? I could see at this time that maybe, maybe possibly they could pull this off. But no, I did not think that they were going to beat a fully healthy Nets team. And, and coming into this, it's like, you know, they, they, you know, it looked like they were going to be at least like decently healthy, right? And then they kept on losing, you know, they lost James Harden, you know, to a hamstring injury. Then they lost Kyrie to the ankle injury. And then James Harden came back playing on one leg. And and so we saw the the end of the super team that everybody kind of wanted to see, right? Every, everybody wanted to see the, you know, the kind of the Nets be upset. But I'm, I'm just going to say this first, man. Kevin Durant deserves all the respect for what he did in this series and in this year. Coming back from the, like probably the worst injury you can have as a basketball player. And he's out here playing 53 minutes. Never came off the floor, you know, after recovering from an Achilles injury.
0: Listen, listen, listen. I understand all that, and he deserves all that. But with all that being said, people are still going to not give him his props. And it's crazy to think that, right? And the reason why I say that is because I walked into work today, and you know Nathaniel at the front desk. First question he asked me, Marquise, Marquise, is Kevin Durant better than LeBron or no? And I was like, what? Like what? Like what? Like, you know, I'm thinking he's about to lead, but is Kevin Durant the man or not? You know, what I'm but he just straight, is he better than LeBron or no? Because LeBron would have took that team to the championship. And it's just like, damn, man, you know, Katie's amazing and he's always gonna get his props. But the fact that he seems to be able to really not be able to do it when it's just him, I think is always gonna be a mark against him.
1: It's it's interesting, you know, because I don't know, man, I just I feel like I feel like that's a lot to put on him. I mean, I mean, he seems healthy. Right. So I guess people you are going to say that right now. He's healthy. You know, he, he had an incredible couple of games right there at the end of that series and an incredible game to finish that one out.
0: Um and it's really not fair to compare him to LeBron in the conversation, in the scope of the conversation that we're talking about. So that's no, why I, I I don't think it's interesting for, for Nathaniel yeah. to bring that up.
1: Yeah, it, it it is because like that, I mean, that's a discussion I've seen a lot, right? Because people are, are talking about the fact that you know LeBron and see, this is another another conversation. I don't want to get too far into Le, the LeBron hole because again, he's not playing, right? He's not in these playoffs. But people talk for years about, oh, LeBron, you know, he, uh, you know, swept through a weak Eastern Conference. You know, he was always in the finals, but that's because the Eastern Conference was trash. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. And and have you noticed no one else does that? Like, they they had a team tailor-made to do it, and they couldn't get past Giannis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, they didn't even make the ECF. They're out in round two.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, so so with that being said, let, let's talk about the Bucks for a second. What do you think the Bucks did and didn't do to win this series? Like, do you think that they flat out won this series or was it the fact that the the Brooklyn Nets, two, two of their players got injured and the Bucks were able to take advantage of that by the hairs on their chinny chin chin? Basically,
1: basically, yeah. I will say this, though. I will say this. Giannis finally stopped jacking up dumbass three-pointers. And he did something that I feel like could change could change the trajectory of the rest of this playoffs if he continues to do it. Blake what, Griffin, at, a, at a Euro step. Like Giannis has no moves. See, see, that's the thing. It's like, oh my God, I've been enjoying it so much. People are just like, dude, Giannis has no bag. He does not have a bag. He does not have a bag, have a bag at all. Like, he's literally just, like, he'd be backing out and just being like, well, I'm just going to drive into you, and Blake Griffin would be like, okay, fine. Donis is is
0: carrying the groceries, individual items in his hands from the store. No no bag. bag. No bag. No bag.
1: I will tell you this, though. (laughs) He finally started taking those mid-range jumpers that they were there begging him to take them. Absolutely. Like, like Blake Griffin was just like, please take all the mid-range jumpers you want. Yeah. And Giannis was like, finally like, okay, fine, I will. And he was hitting them. He yeah. was, he was stepping into a nice rhythm, mid range jumper from the elbow and cannon them. And it's just like, yes, thank you God for doing yeah. that. Finally, yeah. instead of just being like, I'm either going to shoot a three or I'm going to barrel my way to the rim. Like, no, you're yeah. not. Yeah, it changes. It definitely
0: changes the trajectory of the 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 playoffs if he continues to do that because it changes the spacing on the floor, and you can see it. You can see how it kind of disrupted, you know, the Brooklyn Nets being able to just, like you said, drop back on him from the three-point line and just kind of crowd the paint. Now he's a little bit closer. You kind of have to put a hand on him because from where he's standing at, one step, two step from Giannis, he's at the rim. You know what I'm saying? At least from the three-point line, he has to put a move. He has to do a move. You know what I'm saying? And he has none. So, got you know, he's Got no yeah, damn move. Yeah. So him stepping in to the mid-range definitely, um, you know, changes the trajectory of things, one. And if they can continue to get good play from Drew Holiday, from Chris Middleton... That defense, that P.J. Tucker, he deserves some respect for the defense that he was playing on Kevin Durant in those last few games. It sounds like, you know, he had a Gary Payton moment. You know, he probably was doing it to the coach. Like, listen, put me on KD. Let's make this happen. And
1: and, and I mean, I I think think that's the thing, man. It's it's like people were talking about how you're going to have like a former defensive player of the year
0: not be like, I'm checking KD. It's because... Giannis has no moves, and that doesn't discriminate with offense or defense. Like, he just can't move laterally. It's crazy. I mean, the the most lateral movements this guy has is the Euro step.
1: I'll I'll say this, too, is that James Harden has taken a lot of flack for choking, right, in past playoff series. You know, and kind of like not having heart and all that stuff. I'll say this, like, he didn't play his best game at all, but... He was out there playing 53 minutes on one leg himself. Yep. And, and it's like, I feel like, you know what, man? There, there's got to be some nuance to these conversations, man. Because I feel like sometimes it can be like either you won or you're trash. You know what I mean? And, and you yeah. suck. And now you're just all like ridicule. We're throwing it at you. Like James Harden, haha, you lost again in an elimination game. You know, KD lost an elimination game, couldn't get it done even after he made one of the craziest shots I've ever seen. Yeah. Like to, yeah. to tie a game. But, but I just I just want to say, man, like they showed that that they, they had heart. You know, it's like they lost and everybody's going to kind of revel in that a little bit because of the super team thing. But I, I feel like James Harden showed me a little bit of something, you know, that I feel like people just don't really give him credit for. And yeah, he had heart. He really did. And I'm I'm interested to see what happens with them next year. If they're, if they're healthy, I feel like they're going to get their revenge and they're going to take everything back that, you know, they felt like should have been theirs. But it ain't going to be this year nope. because the nope. are moving on. And
0: who are they about to face? The team that I've been telling you is pretty much a Cinderella story this whole playoffs. The Atlanta Hawks. What? Nobody won't listen to me, man. I've been telling people, man, the Atlanta Hawks, Ice Trader gang is just a bad matchup for almost every team in the league, fam. You got to stick this man. And, I mean, when he's not playing well, he understands how to distribute the ball. And it's, it seems like his teammates understand how to rise to the occasion. I mean, what what was he in game
1: seven like? Five for 23? Like, he was brutal, dude. Like, he couldn't make... He, he couldn't buy a basket. And Kevin Herter, the, the, the redhead rifle, was out here torching people?
0: I mean, you know, carrying he's your
1: going, team to a game seven victory.
0: What he's done it a couple of times this season where he's had these flashes. And, you know, here we are, the Atlanta Hawks going to the Eastern Conference Finals. But you know, I we don't really have to spend a lot of time talking about the Atlanta Hawks. We can talk about how they match up with the Bucks. I really yeah, want to yeah, talk yeah. about the, the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. I,
1: I'll say I'll say this though before we before we move on, that like you know, you you really did champion those Hawks from the beginning of the season. Yeah. At the same time it's like who saw this happening from this team? You know what I mean? Like I mean, like like they they fired their coach midway through the season. Yeah. Yeah. You know and yeah. and and they they just rolled with Nate McMillan and now they're going to the Eastern
0: Conference Finals like are you are you for real right now? Once they got Clint putter, I knew what was up. Like come on man, Trey like I said Trey Young, you know, it's uh oh it's it's just a, it's just a great thing to see coming through them and the phoenix suns we could talk about the suns in a few because i've been championing them as well but let's talk about these philadelphia 76ers all right to talk about the sixers we finally got them booked i mean i guess the dunkaroo's worked man i mean
2: you know. i've been telling you for years the sixers are a loser franchise it is, it's an organizational problem and it takes a lot to flip that switch, and and they just keep running the same kind of team out, and they're gonna have the same results until they decide to drastically shake things up, man. Well, this is this, this is our awesome.
0: boy Chris. Our boy
2: Chris is here to talk about the six. He came out, he
1: just came out with the straight fire. Like, I mean, that's that's fire. doesn't
2: marinate mean, on it's he was just facts, I mean, look at the la- they don't get past the second round. They it doesn't matter what seed they are. It doesn't matter who they're matched up against. It doesn't matter if they're the better team on paper. They just can't progress. They can't get deep into the playoffs because they are a loser organization with a loser mindset. And they, they have instilled that in these players as they've built this trust the process nonsense.
0: All right, so listen, 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 listen. What happened, what do you think happened in, these, in this series against the Atlanta Hawks? Was it Ben Simmons freezing? Was it Dark Rivers? Was it the whole process overall? But more specifically, Ben
2: Simmons or Doc Rivers? It, it's, well, I think it's both. And that's what I realized, sitting on the fence answer. But, I, I mean, you gotta look at, who was the best player on the court for that series? Like, I mean, on both teams or for the Sixers? For both teams. It was Trey Young. Yeah, without a doubt. And that is a huge problem. He's the only guy out there that looks like he doesn't, he's not phased, even when he doesn't have a good game. He had at a rough game seven, he still looks like he's not phased coming down the stretch. No, when, if you're the Sixers, who you're going to go through Embiid through the entire fourth quarter? You got Ben Simmons not taking a shot in the last four fourth quarters of that series. Right. That is ridiculous for your supposedly second best player. So what's what do you think's
0: wrong with Ben Simmons?
2: Well, he can't shoot. <laughs> He's a professional basketball player that can't shoot. Like, what are we talking about? This guy's a superstar in this league.
1: And we can't say that at this point. He's definitely not a superstar. I, I'm, I'm interested. So here, here's a question as well. So I mean, we we know what Ben Simmons is more or less at this point, right? Like he he's, he's not changing. He ha- right. he has not significantly changed since being in the league. Can a team win with him as their as their point guard?
2: It depends what you mean by win. I think like win a championship. Like I'm
1: talking I'm talking about a championship. That's no, what I don't I'm you, I
2: don't think you can win a championship with him. I think the only way he flourishes is if he's the guy and is your pseudo center that's also your point and kind of runs the team and creates offense that way i don't think he can be like your number two guy who is supposed to compliment joel and beat like how how do those two players fit together they don't and and philly put this team together anyway and through the entire process everybody's saying yeah but these pieces don't really make sense together and yet they just kept putting this team together anyway and then you bring in Doc Rivers, who makes zero adjustments throughout the series, just keeps running the same offense. Zero run... adjustments. Zero. I mean, they run ten to twelve seconds off the shot clock, doing these dumb handoff runarounds, and then hand it to lead, and they say, "Okay, do something now." Like there's no offense. It's pretty clear to see that Doc Rivers
0: was the issue in LA, because here are the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals.
2: Yeah, this one, that, that hurts a little bit for me because I, when Doc left Boston, man, I, I thought pretty highly of him because, I mean, obviously that team did pretty well until really they broke it up and, and I thought the perk trade is what ended kind of the Celtics run there. But, you know, you, you thought that he basically had a good handle on the guys and, and could understand what his superstars needed. It's becoming more and more clear. I think the more we see Doc coach elsewhere, that team was run by KG and and Baltimore.
0: This is something that somebody told me that really blew my mind. About this whole Doc Rivers situation, right? Because he's he's hated Doc Rivers the entire time. He was like, Keith, we won 19 games with Doc Rivers. We was going to ten dollar games." He's like, "Don't you remember that shit?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, he's right. That was with Doc Rivers. Like, <laughs> like it's like nothing, nothing's changed. Like, you know what I'm saying? He just keeps on finding himself in situations where he has super teams and." He keeps losing super games.
2: Yeah, I mean, it makes you look back on the Celtics era and say, man, what would they have done if they had a real coach on the bench? Would they have more than one title? Maybe. Wow. I don't know. Yeah. I think the fact that you can see that the series is not going your way and you can't come up with any kind of adjustments, like that just, that's all you need to know right there as far as a coach goes. All
0: right, man, before we wrap it up with you, Chris, quick question. Who do you think going to win the NBA championship this year?
2: Uh, I'm rooting for the Hawks to be honest, because I love the scrappy mindset. They're hungry. I-, I love it, but I, I think, I think the Suns are going to win it. Actually, is is my my actual pick. Uh, but is- I-, I will be rooting for the Hawks.
0: I'm not mad at either one of those teams. I
2: pick both of those teams to win a championship. It- it's so. been. I'll tell you, I have never seen a-, a year of playoffs like this. I mean, in terms of anything can happen, crazy matchups, guys stepping up, guys not stepping up. I mean, it's been absolutely wild and, and fun to watch. Uh, do you think? Like, if those, if that Nets team is healthy, how easily do they they walk away with the championship? This Walking year? through it, I, I mean, it, it's like done, done. Like nobody's else is even close if they have their full complement of players.
1: But. No, <laughs> and, and, and I mean, <laughs> real quick, just just like on that, right? Like, what did what did you think of 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 KD and and the Nets? Like, are you happy to see them gone?
2: Uh, yeah. I, like KD, I've never had a problem with personally. Like I, I, I like watching him play. He's fun to watch. Dude can score from anywhere, any style. Like he's just got so many shots in his bag of tricks. But uh, Kyrie for me is one, and not you, Kyrie. I'm sorry for the for the Whoa. double name here. But you know what I'm talking about. Stomp, Mr. Stomp on Lucky is someone who I have never been able to root for. Even when he was on the Celtics, I, I wanted to embrace that team. But man, he's just so unlikable. I think. Uh, Harden is what Harden is. I, I don't really have a problem with him either. He's made the game a little bit uglier, a little tougher to watch, but he's freaking good. So you kind of got to let him do his thing. But for me, Kyrie is just one of the most unlikable players in the league. Oh, man. I Listen, I, I used to, I this is coming from somebody that loved Kyrie. I know, we've had many conversations about
0: this. It is so hard to, to just like, oh, my God. It's He's so- a
2: cancer in the locker room, though, man. Like, regardless of what he can do on the floor, basketball more than any other sport is about chemistry. You got to have all the guys on the floor working together for a common goal. Otherwise, it doesn't work. And, and I think Kyrie undermines that every step of the way. All right, man. Whoa, whoa,
0: that's that's our guy, Chris Titorick, man. You know what I'm saying? Radio extraordinaire, producer, all that type of stuff on WBUR's Radio Boston. You know, thanks for checking
2: in. Just call me Dunkaroos, baby.
0: So let's talk about this upcoming Eastern Conference Finals matchup. What do you think? What's your prediction? What do you see? Let us into the mind of Kyrie. Hawks versus the Bucs, Eastern Conference Finals.
1: I I feel like to, to me on paper, you gotta say the Bucks should win this series because I mean Giannis Giannis is in the perfect position right now. I, I think that the Bucs are a better team on paper. I think that you know he has you know, he could, he could do like a John Collins, you know, might be able to to give him some problems, He's a good young, energetic defender, you know, at, at the four, right. And, and Clint Capella, you know, you probably put Clint Capella and have him do a good job, a you know, decent yeah. job on Giannis though. I mean, if you, if you're putting Brooke Lopez on the floor, then you got to have Clint Capella handling Brooke Lopez. Cause that's, yeah. that's the only one big enough to do that. So I feel like the matchup is going to favor Giannis and they, and the bucks have a solid team of guys that can contribute outside of that. I mean, drew holiday was, was bad for most, like, well, honestly, both drew holiday and Chris Milton were bad for most of that game seven. And then at the, at the very end, especially drew holiday, he had like a five Oh run of his own. It's like they're veteran players. Like they can, they can find ways to contribute at any time. Yeah, that's the other thing is experience. The Hawks are so young, man. And and I mean, on one hand, that could work to their advantage, because they just don't know enough to be afraid, Mm -hmm. you know, and and to and to feel that fear. Trey Young ain't afraid of nothing. But that's what I'm saying. Young is embracing this. He's embracing the villain role. He wants all your booze. Like he does. He does not care. And I feel like that's infectious.
0: This is where this is where my homie Ice Trader Gang is gonna flourish. You know what I'm saying? The Milwaukee Bucks are not gonna be able to put somebody. Are they gonna put PJ Tucker on Trey Young and have Trey Young being traced around PJ Tucker all the time? You know what I'm saying? The high screen and roll. They're gonna put Giannis in the. And it's just gonna be interesting to see exactly what the Atlanta Hawks are gonna do to the the Milwaukee Bucks. But at the same time. Who do the Hawks have that can stop Giannis from said, doing that? That's what I'm saying. Is like, I don't
1: think they have one player, like, like Blake Griffin is not who he used to be, but Blake Griffin was the perfect size in like athleticism to slow to at least get in Giannis's way and slow him Just down. Stand right in front of him. Yeah. Hawks don't have that guy. So what you're gonna do. Is basically you're gonna you're gonna kind of try to wall off the lane, right? So that Giannis is gonna e- even if he's got a smaller guy on him, even if you're putting like John Collins in his vicinity, right? You're gonna have Clip Capella walking over and helping and just be like, hey, I'm here, right? Even if you decide you want to try and move in, like I'm gonna come in here and block your shot if you're, if you're only if you're only focused on me, and so then he's gonna try to make Giannis a facilitator, which Giannis. Giannis can facilitate. He's not a good passer, but dudes are so wide open because everybody's paying attention to him. This is exactly where PJ
0: Tucker. Out. This is where PJ Tucker comes in. This is where Brooke Lobes comes in. All those guys that's just standing there on the wings, on the right, right on three-point lines. It's gonna be interesting, man. Um, who do you think is gonna win the series?
1: I I just right now, I I I feel like I wanna say it's gonna be the Hawks. Right? Because it would be exciting. It would be cool, but I just I can't. I can't.
0: Hawks and six, baby. I'm going Hawks and six. That, and
1: you know what? That if that happens, dude, that would be that would be incredible. That it would, it would be amazing because I feel like they are so young and exciting. And I love the energy that they have. Like again, I'm telling you, they just they're not scared of anything. They are happy to walk into any road stadium. In the National Basketball Association, take all your booze, not give a damn, and walk off the court with a W. They yeah. like that. That's that's who they are, man. And so, I think that I I think they're gonna be a tough out, but the Bucks should win this series. They have the better team, and I sw- if they if they don't win this series after everything that they have, you know, put together. Uh, you know, bringing in these veterans to help out Giannis and Chris Middleton, you know, specifically I'm talking about Drew Holiday here, bringing yeah. in a guy like that to kind of like create this veteran big three, you still got Brooke Lopez, you still have a solid bench unit that can that can come in and shoot and provide points. If you can't win now, then you're. it's not going to happen. Well like, there is there is literally no better time for Giannis to get to the NBA finals and win potentially than well, right now. If it doesn't, if it doesn't happen this year,
0: it's not happening, period. Just just well, stick stick a fork in it. And what sucks about that is they're not the only team that's in that position because the Utah Jazz was just in that position. They was in that position. And it was up 25 in a game seven against the Los Angeles Clippers. That's pretty much exactly what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? They should have won that series, the Utah Jazz.
1: Yeah, hmm They should have won it. And, and, and they did.
0: Yeah. And, and so I, that's why I can see why you're reluctant to just say that the Bucs should win. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and you can see exactly why I'm saying the Hawks are going to win at
2: six.
1: Yeah. You know what? And, and that and that's the thing. I'm not going to sit up here and tell you like, oh, yeah, like a thousand percent. Like I'm like I'm I'm going to take your bets that the Bucs are going to win because, dude, we've seen them blow this. We've seen them blow this series in the past. We okay. saw them blow it a couple of years ago. They were the best team in the East and they got taken out by the Celtics.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, a, a young a young Celtics team that, you know, basically just just found a way to beat them. You know and so like no I can't I can't do it and yeah. so I think with with the jazz they were clearly the best team in in the western conference in terms of just, just overall but I had these conversations with people for a really long time about this that yes they were the best team in the conference but they didn't they didn't have enough right like you, and, and it's wild to say that because you know Rudy Gobert and donovan Mitchell are all stars right but if you if you're asking me about like Donovan Mitchell, I could say he's a superstar i think I think he is I think that he's been making that leap. I think he he actually plays like that. Rudy Gobert, no damn superstar he's an all star and you know a defensive player of the year who who you know dominates in the regular season because people just basically do whatever like they they just they just allow him to do what whatever he wants. They keep on running him, they keep running into the lane and being like, "Please block my shot, Rudy." You know? But then when you get him in a playoff series for 7 games and coaches are like, "You know what? Uh uh-uh. uh, you take his ass out to the three-point line and make him guard you out there."
0: Well, what you going to do? What you going to do? Right. You're going to get cooked by Reggie Jackson? Oh man. All right, so do you think that Donovan Mitchell having a bummed ankle had any of any real effects on this series? I mean, obviously it affected him. You know what I'm saying? But do you think it had any effect on the outcome of this series?
1: I mean, it, it's entirely possible that it did because here's here's the thing: we've seen Donovan Mitchell just just like in one game, he could go off like wow. I mean, I mean, he scored 50 points in a playoff game before. Right, like he—he's that kind of dude. So, yeah. the he's fact like, that he bad. was not a hundred percent, and they lost that game—that you know—they they lost that game seven the way that they did. A healthy Donovan Mitchell maybe doesn't let that happen, right? So, so and I mean they were win—they were winning big at halftime. Like, what are they winning by? Like twenty. Yeah. You know, or, or whatever it was at halftime. Twenty-five. 25. 25 and so maybe a healthy donovan mitchell if that game starts getting close he's just like "Uh uh-uh no we're gonna shut this down and i'm just gonna drive to the rim a bunch of times and and punish you and i'm gonna get to the free throw line or i'm gonna pop a bunch of threes in your face and they didn't have that at the same time i think the bigger issue was i mean so so obviously his health might have had an impact on it the bigger problem is that the Jazz got exposed defensively. Yeah. And and, and it was not just on Rudy Gobert. It wasn't. What happened was Rudy Gobert got taken out to the three-point line and they made him defend on the perimeter, which is something Draymond, you know, I, I caught this a couple of weeks ago. It's something that, you know, like has kind of been sort of an open secret, but Draymond Green did an amazing job on TNT as an analyst, basically showing how bad that makes Utah look. When you force Gobert, you know, into a pick and into a switch situation, and he's out there away from the basket where he's most comfortable, it's not yeah. even just that you know Rudy Gobert gets blown by now, but now when, once you once he gets blown by and you maybe have to help, well then it's breaking down the entire rest of your defense. Your best player is not there to clean things up at the rim, and none of the other guys are good perimeter defenders.
0: It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean. They're none of the other. I mean, who to, Mike might they're,
1: they're getting taken oh. advantage of all over the place. <laughs> like, it, it, like, it. Like,
0: Joe, like Joe Ingles. I right? can't stand in front crazy. of anybody. It's crazy. Right? Like, there's Joe. not much like, you know, you're absolutely right. There's not much that the Jazz can do defensively. And Donovan Mitchell can't score enough points. So him being injured or not really wasn't going to factor in to any of that defensive stuff that you just said. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll
1: say, I'll say this. Probably the bigger issue in this series is probably not even Donovan Mitchell's health. It was Mike Conley's
0: mm. because
1: Mike Conley plays this series and I don't think it goes seven games. Yeah. You think he affects the game that much? Because, you know, he's he's a guy who can, you know, score in and, and, and Donovan Mitchell doesn't have to do everything.
0: You're right. You're right. You know, right? You're, so, you're, so
1: he uh, can, he can cut. I mean, he was when Donovan Mitchell was hurt, they were over there running like a well-oiled machine, even with him, not in the game. You're right,
0: right. You're right. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. And,
1: and so, and so I think that, you know, if he plays and he's giving his and he, he's doing what he's doing off the bench and, you know, hitting his three pointers at a decent clip the way that he does like, yeah, I, I think, I think this series doesn't go, doesn't even get to seven games especially once Kawhi went down. When, when Kawhi went down, this this series should have been a wrap. It should have been a wrap.
0: No, you're right, you're right. All right, so with that being said, let's move on to a series where I think an injury actually did factor in, and that's the Phoenix Suns versus the Denver Nuggets, where the Suns in four. Suns in four, you know what I'm saying? Swept them, swept the Nuggets, got them up out of there. They had fans beating up fans in a crowd. its It's been, its listen, it's its going down in Arizona. But the Denver Nuggets without Jamal Murray really did not stand a chance against no. this Phoenix Suns team. I mean, Jamal Murray's an elite guard in the league, and you had two elite guards um, in the backcourt with the Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and they just didn't have enough firepower. I mean, Jokic had his hands full down there with DeAndre Ayton, so...
1: Yeah, and you're even wondering, like, is Chris Paul, like, was he even fully healthy before he got sucked into the COVID protocol? You know what I mean? Because yeah. he had that shoulder injury in round one, and, I mean, he, he definitely, like, he seemed to be better towards the end of that series. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's also just, like, you know, you're wondering to yourself, like, is he even fully... Was he fully healthy but the thing is, man, this the this Suns team is just like is oozing swagger.
0: Yeah, let's let's talk about that. I mean, we don't really have to. We don't really have to spend too much time on the Suns Nuggets um matchup because yeah, like we said, the, Suns, the Suns swept them. They the got Suns the Suns
1: in four. Suns, yeah, the
0: Suns the Suns in four. No Jamal Murray for the Nuggets. They got a of there. So let's talk about the Western Conference Finals. We got the Los Angeles Clippers versus the Phoenix Suns. We've already had one game. Devin Booker went off for forty point triple double. What do you think the rest of this series has in store for us? Who do you think is going to win? Kawhi, we, we mentioned earlier, we don't know if Kawhi is out for the rest of the year. We don't know if Chris Paul is coming back this week or next week. There's still some variables out there. But what do you see as it stands right now?
1: I see a Phoenix Suns team that is playing with too much damn confidence.
0: Oh my God! Too much sauce, like you said. They, you got they got too much dip on the chip there, man. A little bit too much dip on the chip.
1: I mean, they they got they got too much. Like de- like you talk about a guy who's not scared. Like we talked about,
0: they got you know, dip really on their chip, and they chip's not even breaking. They got so much dip, but they chip's not even breaking. That's like that, they, they can handle it. Devin
1: Booker is. I mean, I I sat here for years listening to people talk about how Devin Booker was empty calories and oh he was a great for. But, you know, he wasn't wasn't a winner. He wasn't going to win you championships and all this stuff. And I just kept thinking to myself and kept telling people, get this man a squad and see what happens. I felt like I've seen it enough that the dude can play and he's not phased. And I mean, the bubble, he showed it last year. He showed it throughout the season. He showed it in the playoffs. He busted out a 40-point triple-double with no Chris Paul.
0: Listen. Devin Booker is playing with so much confidence and it's so crazy too. like how like the NBA and, and that how the NBA and analysts are and stuff like that. When they're talking about specific players, like, you know, if it's not Devin Booker, they're talking about the three point shot and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Devin Booker is a complete player. This guy has a mid range game. That's from much, you know what I'm saying? That's pretty much. Exactly what you would want in any player. I mean, he's he just like Kyrie. Kyrie has a great mid-range game. Um, but the, they the, the, a lot of the analysts marvel a lot of the analysts marvel at his three-point shooting capabilities. And on in this case with Devin Booker, this guy's like a true shooting guard. You know what I'm saying? With a low post game, he has a three-point game, mid-range game. He's a solid defender. You know what I'm saying? He can rebound. He can do all these things, and now that he's on this stage and people are getting a chance to really see him, like you said, I don't think people are going to be saying for a long time. I don't think people are going to be saying for much longer that he's just, uh, you know, some open calories type player. I mean, you can't really say that about somebody that scores seventy points anyway.
1: See, and see, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, come on, like he did against the that was was no joke. I mean, you talk about guys who didn't have a bag. That man has has just like a bag that never ends. You he's had I mean? a bag like, since... We're still, we're still over here looking for the bottom of this bag.
0: We He's had a bag since he played for Duke. I mean, I mean, since he played for Kentucky. He's ba- since Devin Booker's left Kentucky, he's had a bag. His bag's always been there. There's a reason why he left college early. And I remember when he scored the 70 points against the Celtics, I'm not going to forget that because it's like, who's this guy you just let score 70 points on you? It's like, oh, it's Devin Booker. You know, that's what happens when this guy decides he wants to take over a game. But now he's a much more mature player. He's playing like he has a team and he has the pieces around him. He knows how to utilize the pieces around him. Clearly, as you see with the 40 point triple double. If Chris Paul comes back, it's just going to be a compliment to the confidence that they already have, because I don't think Chris Paul is going to let this opportunity slip past him. If he's able to get back in the this, in this series and play, I think that he's going to give it his all. He's going to do whatever he has to do to help this team win, because he sees that he has a real shot to win a championship. None of the, none of the obstacles that any of these guys would normally have to face in a playoff run are there. So I expect to see some of the best basketball we're ever going to see moving forward in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I'll say this, like, and and I and I, I do think that the Suns are they're just a better team at this point, especially like with with no Kawhi. I think I think with no Kawhi, I feel like it makes it clearer. That said, um, a, as I mentioned already, I am not gonna sit up here and hate on Paul George and hate and hate on the Clippers team. Like, like, for example, man, like, you know, Paul George stepping up in game five the way that he did and then you had him and Terrence Mann go hard like that to close the series out. Also, Terrence Mann, he's been he has been an absolute revelation in these playoffs, man.
0: The Clippers kind of have a whole... Uh, now, I may be, you know, me on this, but they have an Indiana vibe, but with a more mature Paul George and just younger players around him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, outside of the Morris Sr., Um, I mean, you do have, uh, well, who are some other veterans that he has on the team that are around him? Uh, you got, I mean, Pat Bev is a vet. I mean
1: then yeah. you got I mean you got like Zubach who's he's been he's been around for a while he's serviceable you know
0: yeah like, I mean you know but he's like, still but he's still still he's still young it's funny you mentioned
1: that because I feel like Zubach is totally like like that old school uh like Indiana
0: Pacers big or like but that's what I'm like, saying they have a they have an Indiana Pacers vibe to me, to them, just like a new school feel, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like Indiana 2.0 with with PG with playoff p.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and and we can't forget Nicholas Batum, right. And and I mean, he, he always kind of does, you know, he does the dirty work, right. He, he, he plays, you know, kind of that, that perimeter, you know, defense on, on like your bigger guards and forwards and stuff like that. You can trust him to, you know, to kind of, to play hard down low, grab some rebounds and you know hit your hit your threes for you occasionally. So yeah. I mean he's he's another one who I think was kind of an underrated addition to this team this year because I think we were like most of us were talking about Sergio Ibaka, who's you know not playing right now obviously.
0: Yeah. But uh,
1: you know yeah Batum is he Batum is is almost like that kind of like Boris Diaw kind of player for like the San Antonio Spurs like back when they were winning in you know kind of the early 2010s and stuff like that yeah yeah yeah. that's kind of like what what he what he feels like to me right it's just he's gonna he's gonna do it all for you he's never gonna look like particularly spectacular doing it but he's gonna he's gonna play defense for you and he's gonna keep the pressure off of you know some of your guards and forwards that need to score more because he doesn't need the ball
0: you know what i mean All right, man. Well, let's wrap it up then, man, for this episode of I Think I Know Basketball. It's been a good one. I'm your boy, Keith. I'm your boy, Kyrie. Till next time. Till next time, we'll be back.